0: Welcome to the theme park shuffle, where we redesign, retheme, reimagine all your favorite attractions, resorts, theme parks you name it. So, today, we, as in myself, Logan, David, and Jeremy, will be tackling part four of the IPCOT challenge where we take a pavilion inside Epcot's World Showcase that currently does not have an IP associated with it and add one that works best with the design or theme of the current pavilion. So we did a shuffle and the results were, David working with the China pavilion, Jeremy with the United Kingdom pavilion, and myself with Canada. So uh, we also did a little side shuffle and The Order will be kicking off with Jeremy, then David, and then wrapping up with me. So, uh, Jeremy, do we want to just jump right into this?
1: Yeah, let's let's go for it. So um, my thought through this, I think it would just be so easy almost to make it Mary Poppins, and I would love that. But I'm going to go in a different direction, and I'm going to go with Alice in Wonderland. Um, originally, I thought of using the 1951 animated And then uh, realized that, well, over in, you know, the California there, they've already got a wonderful Alice in Wonderland ride that literally is the ride I would have created if I was using the cartoon. So I was like, I don't want to just bring that over. Um, So instead, I'm going to go with the 2010 Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland. And for the most part, the facades, the exterior of everything is going to stay Pretty much the same. The shops are going to stay the same. Um, We're going to have still, you know, all those walkthrough shops that is very kind of British and United Kingdom. Uh, We're going to keep the tea shop and the perfume. Um, I would like to see some additional meet and greets, you know, from Alice in Wonderland. And, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledum and now, you know, or Cat. Now, what would be interesting is trying to bring those to life, though, in a live action. So this could be done in several Ways, I suppose. Like, I just imagine some sort of holographic Cheshire cat that you can meet and interact with out on the streets or something um, that can, you know, vanish and and come back and stuff. But I'm going to put my main focus on Rosen Crown and uh, adding a ride to this pavilion. So, Rosen Crown, just because this is theme park shuffle and we like to. Be kind of out there sometimes. I understand Disney would never do this, but I would like to see it converted into um, Absalom's Bar and Hookah Lounge. And so I think the menu can pretty much stay the same. Like, let's celebrate that culture of those foods like bangers and mash and Scottish eggs and fish and chips and things like that. But now the interior is going to be completely redone with like colorful draperies. You're going to have padded cushions that look like mushrooms, you know, spread around tables that people can gather, uh, eat, drink, and actually smoke hookah. But what's going to make this even more different is that all the hookah will be uh, Disney-inspired flavors. So you could have a popcorn hookah, a Mickey pretzel hookah, churro flavors, Dole Whip, uh, citrus swirl, Mickey bar, like to actually get... The hookah to taste like those classic Disney snacks and treats, I think would just be such a cool thing. Um, I would be fascinating if that could be pulled off. And so who knows, maybe somebody can do it outside of Disney if, you know, this doesn't come to fruition. We'll see. So for the ride, my initial thought was that you would just blow out all those shops and you could, you know, reimagine the interior of that. But looking at a map, there's just not space. And there really isn't a ton of space to add a full-fledged ride. But what's wonderful is that in the transition from Canada over to the United Kingdom on the right is the World Showplace Pavilion. Um, its It was randomly being used since COVID. In the past, it was always used for festival events and things. I don't know if that's coming back. They were opening it sometimes for festivals. It's like closed right now and all, but... Um, It has all the space in the world, I think, to build a ride. And so what we're going to do is we're going to build Return to Wonderland is going to be the ride. And you are going to follow Alice as she returns to Wonderland, again, based off the the Tim Burton movie. That whole outside facade can be turned into a queue. There's plenty of space there. But I want the queue to be a hedge maze. So you'll actually go through this maze, and that would be part of the exterior line queue before you enter the show building. Um, and throughout those, those hedges, there is going to be an ability to, uh, I don't know what you do, like shoot air or something, but it's going to look like the white rabbit is running through the hedges as you're following him through the queue before you get into the complete show building. So as you enter inside, um, you're basically going to be following Alice this whole journey as though you're falling down the tunnel back into, you know, uh, Wonderland and all. And so you're going to walk through. It'll be one of those, like, bridges with the um, circular around it that's spinning. You know, the ones that make you want to fall over when you walk through it, like Mm -hmm. haunted houses. But instead, this will have, you know, books and mirrors, tables, all this. Kind of just you're going through and falling down this dark tunnel as all these things are happening around you. You're going to go through and board the ride vehicle. Uh, This will be. I guess suppose actually this could be a trackless ride would probably work pretty well for this, but it certainly could be an old school, dark, you know, track ride. Uh, But the vehicle will have the ability to, you know, make turns and rotate. Um, I think in some of the show scenes, instead of just having a full pass through, you could potentially stop and it could turn you towards what's happening in front of you. And I want this whole thing probably to be a combination. I always refer back to like a Navi river journey that I think does really well with a smaller space, but it includes everything from um, actual set pieces to animatronics to projections, you know, the 3D projection mapping down to layered screens. And I think this can use a lot of those same technologies as we go through. So you're gonna start and you are shrunk down. You know, it's gonna appear that you're shrunk down as your ride vehicle goes through into the first kind of show area uh, and you pass through the opening doors and you're gonna follow Alice this entire way. Now, I imagine Alice, will probably be a uh, projected or screen image that is happening you know, on one of these layered screens where you can kind of see her as she runs through each of these scenes. And you first enter the magical garden, and you're greeted by White Rabbit, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, um, the Dodo Bird, and they're all questioning, is this the right Alice? And you follow them to meet Absalom, and are shown the oraculum, and that you've been lured back to Wonderland to defeat the Jabberwocky. Again, we can go ahead and look at Absalom and Tweedledee, Tweedledum, the White Rabbit, could potentially be animatronics. And, you know, using the technologies that they use for the shaman over in River Journey. And now you've got, um, uh, what, Hondo over at Smuggler's Run. You know, these just realistic, incredible, uh, even Johnny Depp's character in Pirates of the Caribbean. We can really get them to look like these characters Um, while you're there. The Bandersnatch and the Queen's card soldiers appear, and they're going to chase you through the forest into the dark forest where you encounter Cheshire Cat, who's going to lead you to the Mad Hatter at his tea party. This is one of those instances where I think, you know, you could go ahead and have the Bandersnatch, again, it's appearing maybe on a screen or 3D projected somehow that is coming kind of over your shoulder as your ride vehicle is zooming through. But once you get into the Mad Hatter tea party scene, there's an ability to stop. And almost sit for a bit. Uh, Mickey's Runaway Railway, when you go into Daisy's dance studio, and you're kind of in that room for a bit with several other vehicles, is kind of how I picture some of these type of scenes. Um, So you're then led by the Mad Hatter, and you greet the White Queen, but you're quickly fired down on by the Jabberwocky as you narrowly escape it in the Queen's card soldiers. And Mad Hatter puts you on his hat and flings you, which we now have a spinning ride vehicle As you go into the next scene, and I think since you're supposed to be shrunk down in a lot of these instances, and Alice is changing sizes kind of throughout the story, um, it just gives those cool ability to do – I keep thinking of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids play park at Hollywood Studios, you know, like I just remember that as a kid, when you're able to walk in there and see a leaf that's as big as you or, you know, a can of soup or something that's, you know, taller than you. It's just such a cool experience. So I think a lot of practical set pieces can really play into this entire thing. So you're going to next move into the queen's lawn outside the castle and you encounter her playing her croquette game um, with the little porcupines, I think it was. uh, And you meet the queen before entering the castle. All right, so you're next going to have to travel down to the dungeon because you have to obtain this sword to kill the Jabberwocky, but it is in the lair of the Bandersnatch. Now earlier, and I forgot this part, his eye was stolen by the little white mouse, and you have gotten it back. You give it to him. So you're then immediately surrounded by the Queen's army, and the Bandersnatch comes to the rescue, and you're able to ride off on him. Uh, You present the sword to the White Queen in her castle, And Alice is officially chosen, we now know it's the right Alice, as the champion to slay the Jabberwocky. Now, I think you can have this big, giant, kind of almost uh, final scene, and this will be another one where I think you stop. And there's going to be a lot going on between uh, probably a giant animatronic Jabberwocky that you're able to watch Alice, you know, fighting right in front of you all animatronic, but then in the scene behind it might be these layered screens where you're able to see the queen of hearts as she stands off with the white queen. Um, you're able to use wind and fire effects in here. You know, you definitely want this Jabberwocky breathing fire down on you and feeling the heat of that. Uh, even on another scene back there could be, um, the white uh, and red card soldiers battling it out behind you. And then in the final scene, scene in the finale of this uh, the queen of Hearts' soldiers rise up against her and the white queen banishes her to outland outland where nobody is to say a word to her or show her any sort of kindness you exit the ride vehicle and as you walk back through a tunnel you're you come basically in a covered dome outside and it's going to put you in that back area of the united kingdom where the gazebo is but you're actually going to exit through a butterfly garden which would be like absalom's garden because he's now transformed into a butterfly the end that was a lot
0: that is good that's a good dark ride that <laughs> Thank is you. like i'm i'm just i imagined it every single step of the way i thought you did a great job with the story development and sort of pointing out directional uh show programming call outs where it's like you stay stopping the screen do this yeah. the rotation spinning out of the scenes. That's yeah. That was very well done. Jeremy Thank really you. enjoyed Thank that you.
1: one. Well, and, I, and the whole time uh, I was thinking of this, Logan, I think this is one of those probably tell me if I'm, I'm right. Um, I can't remember the name. What was it? Hollow plot, the speakers, right?
0: Oh yeah. Hollow plot. Yeah.
1: It, I feel like this is something that could really take advantage of that because especially in that final scene where you want this just epic surround sound, you know, thing battle and all happening, um so yeah i mean is is this something do you think that the combination of these different practical pieces can you pull off these style of animatronics in this day and age can you have an animatronic alice sword fighting you know a a dragon um potentially
0: i mean technically you have sword fighting animatronics already in the pirates of the caribbean attractions that have been added So. You know, there absolutely can be done. Really, these days, pretty much nothing can't be done. I love that. Uh, So everything can be done if you've got the budget. Sweet. But no, I mean you, you described an attraction that honestly, like that's that's what we do, Sally Darkrai. Yeah. It's exactly what you were naming, all the different elements, everything there. We would we, we could absolutely do that. So that's why I'm I'm excited just hearing it all because I'm like, yep, we could do that. We could do that, 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 that. Yep. <laughs> well, so, I am available you know, it's, for it's consulting.
1: So just let me know. And I like
0: <laughs> I, I especially like the fact that you didn't go with the original, yeah. and that you acknowledge that there already is. Mm-hmm a Disney dark ride that features the original Alice in Wonderland and that you you built off of the Tim Burton version, which I think the Tim Burton version has a lot of potential visually. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is more, quote, unquote, realistic. It's not in right. the cartoon style. So there's a, a higher level of believability when you're in an environment that looks like that. So, And I would love to see animatronic versions of some of those iconic characters like oh, Helena sure. Bonham Carter's Oh, you giant know head. queen with mm-hmm. a giant head and of course johnny depp's mad hatter those those would be fantastic to see as animatronics
1: yeah it's funny because i don't think i'd ever actually watched it from begin like sat down and watched it from beginning to end i think it was one where like Rhonda put it on with the girls and i'd kind of like you know maybe be in the kitchen cooking dinner like i never really sat down and it's an excellent movie like i really, it really is really enjoyed it's it. very entertaining yeah so what, what, do, you, what do you think david you're gonna go to the hookah bar with me
2: I mean, yeah that that <laughs> sounds fun. It sounds like the next day is going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I as much fun as it is, we all know Disney would get nowhere near oh, no. anything like that. Not but, at all. But but the thought of like Disney inspired hookah flavors is pretty cool. Yeah. If you that ask was me, cool. I would
1: do that at home. Um,
2: the <laughs> Alice in Wonderland in general is a really underused uh, property around, yeah. especially in the Florida, in the Florida magic kingdom and, and, and Disney areas. Um, and, but a very popular property. So yeah, I feel like this was exactly what it needed to be. And I think it'd be something that would be very fun to do. Sweet.
1: Love it. All right, David. Well you're, done. You're up. I'm always so excited for yours because you tend to really go out of the box with ideas. And, and I think that's what makes it so much fun. So late on yeah, not this time.
2: <laughs> no, not this time. This is <laughs> So um, I got China, another very small sort of uh, not much going on pavilion. And the challenge that I wanted to take with it was I didn't want to wipe out everything that was there and start over. I really wanted to use like what was in China and just try to make it something a little bit more. So um, everybody initially... What's the first thing everybody thinks for a Disney property in China is Mulan, right? Yep. I'm definitely not using it. Uh, Love it. Something popped into my head that sort of steered me in this direction. And what popped into my head was Pandora in Animal Kingdom. And what I want to create is kind of the Pandora of Epcot. And the way I'm going to do this is I'm going to turn the China Pavilion into Talo. And that is the mythical kingdom from Shang-Chi that they find when they go through the bamboo forests. So China is now going to become Talo, the Jade Kingdom. And what I'm going to do with the facade of all of the pavilion in China, you really don't have to remake a whole lot of it. If you watch the movie and you look at the pavilion, they're really, really similar. But one of the main things that I'm going to do is right now, there's a huge gate that you walk into the China pavilion that's called the Pai Fang Gate. And I'm going to make that look like the waterfall entrance of Talo. It's going to have a waterfall around it. And it's just going to have the effect that you're going in a waterfall to get into this magical kingdom of Talo. All of the buildings and the area around it, I want to have the facade and the carvings like the movie. I want there to be something for you to look at everywhere you go. Like the history of Talo in carvings throughout the buildings that you can just look at and and be, you know, transported to this village. Um the reason I say I want it to feel like pandora is i'm going to kind of steal what jeremy does a lot big digital screens that can be hidden within the buildings so that these animals these dragons of talo can be flying around or walking past you. I even want animatronic real life animals almost like they do with the jurassic park dinosaurs or to be walking throughout here randomly as a meet-and-greet sort of thing where you can have a dragon walk through and get a picture. But I want this to feel very otherworldly and and just beautiful, something that you're staring at the whole time. Um, shopping. I'm just going to keep the shopping the same. Uh, we're just going to still have the traditional Chinese gifts and the Chinese merchandise, but there will be Shang-Chi-themed merchandise throughout. But the one thing that I really, really want in the stores is there needs to be stuffed uh, dolls of Morris. <laughs> Morris is the awesome headless winged creature uh, that guides our heroes to Talo. Um, he's adorable. And you would sell so many little headless Morrises. I also want ones that will like coo and you squeeze them and make all the noise. Man, he'd be like a BB-8 or like whatever they use to uh, to really get the kids to get there and want to buy stuff. Um, Dining, you know, leave dining like it is. There's not really much you can do there. Just theme it to fit the area. But the two things that I really want to do, um, reflections of China. Reflections of China. I'm going to keep it a 360-degree movie. But it's going to be called The Legend of the Ten Rings. And it is now going to be a telling of the legend of the Ten Rings, the history of the Ten Rings, and what led to Talo being discovered and kind of the backstory of Shang-Chi. But the good thing about this is it is now going to be narrated and starring our favorite actor turned terrorist, Trevor Slattery. Yes, We are gonna have the Mandarin, Trevor Slattery, guiding you through the history of the 10 rings and Shang-Chi and Talo. And in my head, I imagine that there will be wind special effects and water mist special effects. And the big ending is going to have the great protector completely circling around you and feeling really immersive as Trevor Slattery lends his comedy and and stuff to this movie. The main thing I want is, I don't want to ride, Uh, I don't want anything fancy. What I really want is for the Dragon Legend Acrobats to become the Warriors of Tallow. I want this to be a live stunt show with uh, martial arts fighters and stuntmen wearing the traditional talo warrior red, carrying movie accurate dragon scale weapons that light up and interact. And I want them to put on a show of martial arts and skills and stunts right among everybody, like right in the middle of everybody. However, halfway through the show, I want the army of 10 rings to interrupt this. And you have an actual stunt show, ground level in front of everyone with Talo defeating the army of the 10 rings, everyone being a part of this and having it happen right in front of you. I don't think there's much in China and I wanted to use like what was actually there and not just wipe it out. I think Talo would be a village you could go back to repeatedly to try to find new and different things. The stunt show could always be revamped and updated as new movies come out, as new stories come out. Uh, This is a pavilion that could constantly grow and change with whatever happens and i feel like it can become the pandora at epcot and i would very much enjoy going to talo the jade kingdom
1: i love it that's that's awesome man i again i think that's you're right mulan would be pretty easy in there and i love that you don't ever go easy and you you know it's such a beautiful pavilion but you're right it's just one you kind of walk through unless you want to go shop you know and and you, I, even you know pre-COVID because they're they're not back yet. The uh, the the, um, shoot the show thing, um, even acrobats yeah the acrobats couldn't find that word somehow. Uh, even before <laughs> COVID, like it just they just kind of appeared. You never really knew, and they were coming and all. So I think to have a show like that would be so incredible. You're already on the water, which is perfect and lends perfectly into your land. Um, <clears throat> love the idea for merchandising in Morris, and I could imagine that being like uh, when the Banshees. Uh, first came out in Wind Trader and you went in and adopted a Banshee and it was kind of like the Banshee picked you, you know, and I think that yep. could be such a cool way with that interaction. And then, yeah, make it interact throughout the land with those sounds and all um, the, the show is is genius. I mean, absolutely genius. And especially, you know, at the end, swirling around and all of that. I think that that theater would lend so well to that. Um, and then before we hit record, we were talking about the Star Cruiser. And how there's a lot of things on the Star Cruiser, including a battle between Rey and Kylo, that everybody wishes they would have done in Galaxy's Edge. And now you're doing that. You're taking something very similar to that and providing a ground-level stunt show that happens right in front of you. Man, that would be so, so cool. Like, we just did Indiana Jones for the first time in three years the other weekend. And just seeing all of that again, there's just nothing like it. And it lends back to what something like Hollywood Studios, you know, originally was, but you're bringing that perfect, like happening right in front of you behind the scenes. This is how movies are made in a sense, you know, choreographed stunt show right in front of your face. Um, Yeah, I love it. Well done as always.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I I think the legend of the 10 rings just lends itself so perfectly. And then (laughs) your choice of narrator, of course, is amazing uh, that fits so well. Uh, and the uh, with your taekwondo background i imagine that ground level battle would really appeal to you and i mean just when you were describing what they're going to be wearing and the sort of led uh, Mm -hmm. dragon scale weapons that they're going to be using oh man it would it would make for such a great show not only during the day but also when the sun starts going down you can do some really really cool things with that as long as uh get the crowd control and yeah, just your your use of the space to do something that uh, stays true to a traditional China, but also builds on it with this whole imaginary world that exists uh, within the Marvel Universe, I think it, it really lends itself well. And it would be that immersive experience that people are, are wanting and are expecting these days. So man, kudos, dude, that, that came out great. Well, thanks.
2: There's a, there's a scene in Shang-Chi where his aunt is telling him and his sister about like the history. And there's these carvings that they're walking past that are really detailed and beautiful. And I can just imagine you walking up like that ramp going towards like the 360 theater and just have, you could actually have those carvings. You can have that scenery and to see it in person would be, would just be beautiful. And that, the pavilion already kind of looks like it. <laughs> yeah. It really sort of, I, I rewatched the scene where they go into the village and I'm like, and I'm looking at my phone at pictures of the China pavilion. I'm like, it's, it's the same, you know, like it's, it's really good. So uh, I think it'd be something fun. And I tried to get away from doing like a ride. And I think I could just see like a, a Talo warrior sliding down the zip line off the building down to the oh, stunt man. scene, you know, and you could just have so much fun with it and i think it'd be something that a lot of people would like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And i and i think it's so good to to pick this IP because, you know, Shang-Chi was such an unexpected delight. Like i i was just blown away by how much i loved that movie when i had i was just like, all right, i got to watch it. It's it's Marvel and it's going to fit in, but i really had no interest and i was blown away by it and i think everybody else was. And I did not see any of that coming, like Talo and all that in battle scene. I, you know, I thought it was all going to exist in our real world, not knowing anything about Shang-Chi going in. And so I think it's a perfect IP for that. And even, you know, even without a, a ride, I think your show is something that will attract people. And and as I'm thinking, you know, um, OK, now you have a reason to stop in France because you have Remy. Uh, you have kind of a reason, you know, Grand Fiesta Tour. People still love it. and You're going to stop in Mexico. But so many of these other pavilions, they they just don't have a dedicated reason for you to stop in them where, you know, and of course, if it's your first visit, you're going to explore them a lot more. But even for us now, like we go and we're in Canada. And next thing we know, we're like, oh, we're in Mexico already. We just walked through every pavilion mm-hmm. and never even stopped because what's keeping us there. And that's what I love about this whole series in general. It's even if one or two of these out of all four episodes ever actually happened. Uh, I'm looking at you, Logan and Encanto and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Who I know that's going to gonna be tweet. what happens. Um, <laughs> it better happen. Yeah, I mean, just something to keep people there. And now Logan is going to give us a reason to, for me to stop in probably the one pavilion that I walk through the fastest, which is Canada, <laughs> because I'm always going straight to Rose and Crown, and we bypass Canada. I don't think there's anything there really right now worth truly stopping for, but Logan is going to change all that right now.
0: That's the goal. Yes. So <laughs> the Canadian pavilion currently consists of the following iconic features. So in the center stands the hotel, du Canada, modeled after two famous chateaus featuring French architecture. Uh, this is also the building that houses the salier or steakhouse. Yum. Uh, to the left, you have the log cabins that uh, house the Northwest Mercantile Store. And in front, you'll see the totem poles carved by Alaskan artist, David Boxley, uh, that represent the indigenous people of Canada's West Coast. To the right, the Victoria Gardens, inspired by the Bouchard Gardens in Victoria, British Columbia. I've been there. Yay! The gardens serve <laughs> as the walking path to Le Cellier and the Circle Vision 360 movie Canada Far and Wide, which is hidden within the canyon. So in the back of the pavilion, you'll find a waterfall and a small walking path that takes you around the canyon and then through a very small thoroughfare with English cottages and French architecture on opposing sides. So now here's what i have in mind so when it comes to canada and disney ip there are two related properties that immediately come to my mind wolverine and deadpool yes so the canada pavilion is being transformed into the new xavier school for the gifted the school is located in the former weapon x compound where Wolverine and Deadpool were experimented on by the Canadian government's Department K. The Hotel du Canada and neighboring thoroughfare with the English cottages will be combined and redesigned to look like the Hatley Castle, which is a real mansion located in Colwood, British Columbia. And if you're thinking, oh, I've never seen that castle before, I am willing to bet you have. If you have ever watched the live action X-Men movies, Deadpool, DC's Smallville, DC's Arrow, or Disney's Descendants, then you've already seen the castle without even knowing it. So this was on Smallville, it was Luther Mansion. In Deadpool and X-Men movies, it was the Xavier School for the Gifted. So this building has already been used for it. Now we're repurposing it And uh, this architectural change, you now actually enter different sections of the X-Men campus. And instead of passing through an open air thoroughfare past the English cottages, you get the opportunity to walk through the main floor of the mansion, which connects to the campus retail store and also to the back of the property where the canyon and waterfall are located. So if you stand in front of the waterfall, on occasion, the water will stop flowing to reveal a peak inside the X-Men hangar bay as one of their single pilot Blackbird aircraft is preparing to launch. Le Seye Steakhouse still looks like a wine cellar, but now it is called Le Cacajou Steakhouse and has a lot of references to the X-Men and Weapon X program carefully themed into the restaurant and the menu i didn't want it to just look like uh like universals islands of adventure marvel superhero island where it's just sort of gaudy and in your face and very much comic book style this is classy it fits with the current ambiance and aesthetic of the steakhouse i wanted to keep it that way but just lightly incorporate these these different themes in there that are recognizable to X-Men fans as references to characters and storylines and things like that. And in case you're wondering, Le Cacajou means the Wolverine in French.
1: So you're going to the Wolverine Steakhouse. (laughs) Nice.
0: Now, the biggest and baddest change to this pavilion is the removal of the Circle Vision movie, Canada Far and Wide, and replacing it with the immersive an action-packed 12-minute experience titled Canadian Mayhem starring Wolverine and Deadpool. So, as guests walk through the canyon toward the attraction entrance, remnants of the old Weapon X compound can be seen in the form of rusted signs, broken security gates, and thick concrete walls featuring the battle damage from years ago, including deep cut marks in the instantly recognizable three-clawed pattern of Wolverine. Upon entering the Weapon X bunker, the large space looks like an old abandoned testing facility. So X-rays of mutant experiments hang on flickering light boxes. Holding cells are labeled with different test subject names such as X-23 broken vats and special containers are stamped with the warning extreme caution liquid adamantium inside and instead of using nine projectors that line the upper half of the room with four to three ratio films projecting on the curved screens this space has been redesigned using the same virtual environment technology used by filmmakers on the Mandalorian*. LED walls and ceilings allow for seamless CG video displays in the semi-domed room. So the show begins when we see a door open on the upper deck of the Weapon X facility and actors Hugh Jackman and Sir Patrick Stewart walk onto the stairwell. In this show, they reprise their roles as the Canadian superhero Wolverine and Professor Charles Xavier from the X-Men movie franchise. They welcome us to the Danger Room, a highly immersive simulation space designed to train the gifted students at Professor X school. As they explain some of the unique abilities of this room, everything around us changes and we see the true appearance of the Danger Room. Another door opens and we are greeted by Canadian superstar Ryan Reynolds, who breaks the fourth wall and greets guests as himself wearing a sweater with the Canadian flag on it. He welcomes us to Canada far and wide, at which point Wolverine corrects him and they deliver some witty banner back and forth. Finally, Ryan Reynolds tells Professor X to do his little danger room thing. And as the environment changes to the snow-covered Canadian Northwoods, so does Ryan Reynolds' appearance into Deadpool. Professor X excuses himself from the danger room simulation and tells the boys to play nice before exiting the scene. Wolverine informs us that he smells something or someone when all of a sudden he is tackled from behind by the monster known as the Wendigo. While Wolverine is fighting for his life, Deadpool takes the time to inform us about the Yukon territories. He <laughs> says, did you know Canada's highest peak is located in this area? And can he guess the name? I'll give you a hint. He's literally fighting behind me right now. That's right. The highest peak is named Mount Logan. Deadpool claps his hands for the guest who answered correctly, then points and says, somebody give this kid in the front row a round of applause. Maybe a chimichanga. He looks very hungry. Deadpool goes on to talk about the glaciers, the porcupine porcupine caribou. And after raving about the northern lights, he finally... Comes to Wolverine's assistance, and the Wendigo is defeated. Now, while all this is happening, Wolverine and Wendigo are just battling all around us. So remember, it's completely 360. So they're just fighting up in trees, on the ground, just battling the entire time. While Deadpool is just sort of casually walking around, pointing things out and informing you about Canadian history and and um, architecture or architecture landscape. You name it. The whole attraction is going to be like this. So the environment changes to central Canada inside the busy St. Lawrence market in Toronto. Deadpool is informing us about the uniquely Canadian goodies found inside this market building. Wolverine is uneasy and searching around for attackers, but Deadpool tells him to calm down and enjoy a nice moosehead locker sold to them by the star of Epcot's O oh Canada Circle Vision movie, Mr. Martin Short. Just when Wolverine lets his guard down to take a sip of beer. He gets pulverized by an energy blast from above. Giant robotic sentinels rip off the roof and try to take down the mutants. But Wolverine and Deadpool step up to the challenge and take the fight into downtown Toronto. The battle finally comes to an end on top of the CN Tower as we do our best to avoid getting crushed by falling debris as the robots are chopped into pieces by our heroes. The environment now changes to Prince Edward Island in the Atlantic provinces, a relaxing waterfront area where we see Deadpool practicing his golf swing on a red sandstone cliff. Wolverine tries to get Deadpool to take this training session more seriously, but Deadpool keeps turning to the crowd and providing interesting facts about the local lighthouses and world-class seafood. Just then, an arrow lands in front of both men, making a ticking sound, and then explodes. The supervillain Taskmaster has arrived and is attacking with the combined hand-to-hand combat skills of all the Avengers. Their brawl takes us to the literary landmark Green Gables where Deadpool provides a little backstory about the book, Anne of Green Gables, while Wolverine and Taskmaster nearly destroyed this historic home. Ultimately, Taskmaster's skills prove to be no match for Wolverine and Deadpool. The environment changes as we find ourselves inside the Calgary Stampede in the Prairie Provinces. We are standing in the middle of a rodeo competition, surrounded by bulls and Canadian cowboys, Wolverine and Deadpool do their best to dodge horses and steers while Deadpool informs us about the event's roots traced back to 1886. Suddenly, the ground starts shaking as if a a giant train was heading towards us, but it's something far worse. Barreling through the exterior walls of the building comes an unstoppable force. Wolverine immediately recognizes their new opponent and says, not this time, Bob. He grabs Deadpool holds him like a bullfighter's red muleta as the villain Juggernaut rams into Deadpool. The distraction allows Wolverine to hop on Juggernaut's back and we watch as he rides him like a professional bull rider. Deadpool is running around like a rodeo clown trying to avoid getting crushed by Juggernaut while Wolverine steadily chips away at Juggernaut's helmet. He eventually gets Juggernaut's helmet off and that allows him to deliver a final blow to subdue the villain. The environment changes to a park on St. Helens Island in Montreal, Quebec. Deadpool informs us that we're standing inside a very familiar looking geodesic dome known as the Montreal Biosphere. He explains how it was constructed for the 1967 World's Fair as part of the United States Pavilion. The expo featured pavilions from over 60 countries. So suck on that World Showcase. As Deadpool continues to tell us about other attractions on the island, Wolverine's archenemy Sabretooth has arrived and the two men are viciously attacking each other. Their fight takes them all over the biosphere and we can't do anything but watch as they destroy the geodesic dome. Wolverine eventually knocks Sabretooth off the top of the dome and he falls 200 feet straight towards us. Before he crushes us, the environment rapidly changes. Finally, we are standing in a vast vineyard in the Okanagan Valley of British Columbia, where we find Professor X getting a wine lesson from none other than the stars of Canada far and wide, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. They explain how the valley is home to 84% of the province vineyard acreage and features nearly 200 wineries. As Deadpool is swirling and swishing his glass of wine, Wolverine's mutant healing factor repairs all the cuts and bruises he just endured from Sabretooth. Deadpool asks Professor X to do his little danger room thing again. And just like the fairy godmother's magic, the Deadpool suit disappears and we see Ryan Reynolds. He thanks us for going on this dangerous journey through Canada with him and his Canuck companion, Wolverine. He points out that the only thing this show is missing is a montage featuring music by a Canadian pop star. He then stares at Professor X for an awkward amount of time before finally saying, Come on, Chuck. I know you want to. Professor X reluctantly makes a gesture with his hand and turns the walls of the Danger Room into a video montage of Canada's diverse landscape featuring the song, My Heart Will Go On. By Celine Dion. At the end of the song, the video montage ends and the large space returns to its original appearance as an old abandoned Weapon X testing facility. The end.
1: Dang, man. <clears throat> that was that was outstanding. Um the wow.
0: Oh, come on. I love it. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> as Ryan Reynolds is
1: <laughs> you
2: just
0: gotta break the fourth perfect. wall. I mean, it's yeah. like how perfect is that? A Canadian ex- Superstar. Oh gosh.
2: Especially like the relationship he's got with Hugh Jackman. You basically are exactly are, are, are so that's so good. I would watch that. Oh my gosh, that's so great.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and imagine too, like all of this action, just all this chaos happening around you in this full 360 environment. And then you just casually have, you know, Deadpool get, and, <laughs> filling you in about I- Canada. So it stays true to the educational aspect. But let's make this fun. I think too many times education trumps fun. And there's no reason you have to do that. Make it fun and entertaining. Yeah. Come on, man.
1: Well, one of the first notes I made, actually, just in general, outside of before you even starting to retheme this pavilion was the history that you took all of our listeners through by pointing out each of the buildings and what they are in Canada and some of that history behind them, because that's lost on everyone walking through any of the pavilions. You know, I really wish that Disney had something, even if it's just a a placard outside that people could stop and read. You know, I've always thought, and I wish that all of the food booths at the festival, when they gave you your food, had a little card that told you about the history of that culture and why that food is a big part of that culture. And I think that's the same thing that should be done in all the pavilions. And I love that you're staying so educational in a way that makes people want to learn. Like, I just I want to learn about Canada now while watching this all unfold. And I've I've always wished that they had done Canada far and wide with Deadpool. You know, I mean, I just you know, it made it funny. And I think, yeah, bringing Ryan Reynolds in and breaking that fourth wall from the beginning is genius. Um, You guys know and I, I need to go back and watch all these movies. I don't know anything about x-men but this i I would want to go to this in a second and i think it could be like a good sister campus to avengers campus over on the west coast you know so you've got these two very different campuses and styles and and reasons that they're there um and and yeah i just love that you want to make everything very realistic you know and and not the the superhero island style and just you know things don't always have to be just right in your face, like, you know, with retheming La Cellier and and things like that. And, yeah, this this uh, technology and all with the the screens and being involved and sitting in there. I mean, like David said, I would go watch that again and again. I think anybody would. And you've also created something that I love when when, you know, theme parks do this, that you sometimes don't even want to return to then watch Ryan Reynolds. You want to return and go, I totally missed what was happening. Behind me the yeah. first time I saw this. I'm gonna block yeah. out Deadpool this time and I'm gonna focus on all the fights that are happening around. And oh, just, I just I absolutely love that. That show would be incredible. And yeah, being able to just transform people from one location to another and just yeah, Deadpool just sitting there pretending like nothing's happening behind him is just it's so funny. I mean that's like one of the well, greatest jokes in movies when you have somebody who's just oblivious going on with their day and there's just chaos behind them and they're just keep on you know Just keep on going i love it man well done as always
2: yeah i mean what's great is using i mean the danger room right It yeah it's so perfect tragic tragically underused like they're they they have not really they've like reflected it a couple of times but the danger room is basically the 360 movie theater that you're you know that you're changing over and to use it to go explore the history with oblivious Deadpool sitting there. Yeah, man, it's, it's really good. What I, what I like about what you did with Canada, Logan, and kind of what I tried to do with China is use what's there, right? Like let's use what's there and try to create around that. And yeah, you you couldn't do it any better than that. Just I, that needs to be made right now. Even if it's just a YouTube video, I have to see this. I have
0: to see, Ryan Reynolds telling me about Canada while Hugh Jackman's getting his butt kicked in the background.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, I just, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the banter between those two actors already that exists in yeah. real life is, is sure. so great that to actually capitalize on that and bring it in and let them play their characters again. And, and you know, it would almost all be CG. So because of the oh, way sure. it would have to be uh, created in order to do a seamless 360 environment. Uh, but still having all of them in there. And uh, you know, for me, it was important to also give these, these former narrators, yeah, just gonna <laughs> a chance yes. to come yeah. back yeah. These Canadians, you know, Martin short, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, who didn't even get to be seen oh. in Canada far and wide. So, you know, it's just a great chance to to bring them back and for people who love Shit's Creek and they could think about <laughs> Catherine O'Hara's character. And when she goes to the winery and, uh, you know, tries to do the commercial for that. It kind of references that in season one. Uh, But it's just the the whole area. As I was trying to figure out, you know, how can I make this work? And remembering when I visited the Hatley Castle in Canada, and I was just like, this is perfect because it actually is Canada. So it is a castle that really exists in Canada. So replacing one of the, you know the french chateaus the very famous uh hotels the that that building that iconic sort of weenie if you will of that land um replacing it with a castle that also is a, a landmark within yeah. canada so um yeah i just man oh i wish this existed <laughs> this I would know. be so fun
1: i know yeah I, I was gonna bring up i mean the fact that you brought back martin short who i actually thought did a wonderful job when he narrated the show because they they used his personality. I I don't understand. I've said this so many times. Ty Burrell and Awesome Planet, Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, and Canada Far and Wide, why did they not use their personalities? I just don't, you never see any of their faces. You recognize their voice, but they're just kind of monotone, like they're almost reading. So now you're, you're bringing in the actual personalities to make it fun. They took Awesome Planet, and they took Canada Far and Wide, and they made them, like you were saying earlier, just one hundred percent boring educational, you know. And, and if you could at least bring those to life, and you would certainly do that with all of these characters and Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and all that, man. Oh, I, again, I'm stopping in Canada now. I'll, I'll stop there, watch this before I go to Rosen Crown to get my drink. That's what I'm doing, or to smoke there my uh, Mickey Pretzel hookah, I should say. And two Marvel, <laughs> two Marvel properties, look at this.
0: I know exactly. Last last episode, we had two Lin Manuel's now we've got two marvel so and you know and i think we did a really good job this episode like david pointed on with sticking to essentially keeping as much of the land intact as possible uh, yeah. and, and just repurposing it in a really cool way and yeah jeremy when you started talking about where you would put your dark ride yeah, the World Showcase Pavilion is literally the only way you can pull it off because yep. I, I both, you know, United Kingdom and Canada are next to each other. And Canada is yeah, completely Canada can landlocked. Yeah, Canada, Canada can can't yep. expand. There's nowhere to go because oh, yeah. Journey into Imagination and the, the whole um, uh, movie theater for that. That's right there. I mean, like right there. You can't go that way. And then, yeah, the only chance for expansion would be to take that World Showcase pavilion. But as we pretty much already know based off of what was previously announced the goal was to transform that space into a Mary Poppins right. dark ride yep. and tie it into the whole street that currently exists in that space so i like what you did with that space as well i think uh, this was a really good episode well yeah. done guys yeah. well done is um, well done everybody
1: based on your research last time because i know you went through that whole list of super hero island is shang chi represented any- could shang chi be used in walt disney world Well, technically,
0: technically, Shang Chi was a member of the Avengers. Okay, at some point. Yep. So therefore, according to the contract, I gotcha. Because he was affiliated with that group, they could not do it in Orlando.
1: Ah, gotcha. They could do
0: it in California. They could do it in Paris. They could do it, you know, elsewhere. But yeah,
1: that darn. Unfortunately,
0: he. I don't think they can but it's the same thing with the x-men like you know my whole concept is basically for nada because they just can't do it they can't do it until that contract ends between um you know universal but again like we've talked about in the past that contract's not going anywhere until universal finally decides that they want to do something with marvel superhero island
1: yeah well, when that happens, we'll we'll put this episode we'll re-release this episode. Just to make sure that whoever's in charge at Disney at that point in the very far future uh can go ahead and use these ideas. So um David, you want to take us out?
2: I do. I uh as always, guys, I hope that you have enjoyed what we have put together for Ipcot episode four. I think we have covered everything
0: now with Epcot, haven't we? Yeah. No, oh
1: no, we have one more. That's right. Yeah, Logan, why don't you talk about the next episode that we get to do? Episode
0: 13 is going to be unlike any of our prior episodes. As a team, that's right, we will be re theming the Germany Pavilion and we're going to be doing it all live. Yes, so while we record, we are going to be collaborating and designing together to re-theme the Germany Pavilion. That's so it's gonna be unlike any theme park shuffle episode we've done before.
1: Oh, I So you guys get that.
0: ready for the next theme park shuffle without a net.
2: We are going to be off the top of our heads, shooting from the hip and every other analogy I can think of to say <laughs> that's gonna show what we're gonna be doing. But for now, thank you so much for listening to us. We really, really appreciate you guys. Go find Theme Park Shuffle on any podcast device that you use. Apple, Spotify, podcast.com, podcast.net, podcast.gov, and podcast.edu. We really appreciate it. Like, subscribe, comment, review. Talk to us on Facebook. Logan, say goodbye.
0: Adios, muchachos. Jeremy. See you next time.
2: And I'm David. We love you guys. Keep listening and we will see you on the next one.